off, brings around the goalkeeper, Nikolic back out to Langill, and it's blocked down, the referee's given a penalty! He's given a penalty! Dead bollocks is given us! Here it comes from Nikolic now, and he's put it away, and Legia Warsaw lead this tie by a goal to nil. Yeah, I am, I am angry, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm very disappointed. It's just a really appalling decision to swing the game. Prijevic is breaking to the edge of the area here, trying to get the ball. Prijevic is through! Brilliant finish! And that is the second killer goal! And Dundalk's hopes of playing in the Champions League are all but gone. Off the ball is Dave McIntyre and in the background Stewie Byrne describing the two goals scored against Dundalk by Legia Warsaw at the Not Aviva Stadium this week. The Dublin Arena. That's exactly what I've come to know and love it as. The Dublin Arena uh, was the venue for Dundalk's loss to Legia Warsaw. This is the SSE Electricity League Stroke Champions League playoff on News Talk. I'm Oisín Langan and I'm joined by a man who covers a lot of mixed martial arts but also he does sport, Daniel Kelly. I was waiting for that, Oisín. Thanks very much for having me. It's just, what, a few days now till the biggest fight of the century or until the next biggest fight of the century as Conor McGregor takes I'm led to believe there was tension between the two was, They just the don't like. Conference. They just don't they like just each other. They just plain and simply straight up don't they like each other. They just don't like each other. And that makes me more interested in the fight because they were jostling at the press conference. Yeah. It seems that if they really didn't like each other they would have just fought there. True, but they decided to leave it until the afternoon. Oh, that's a good yeah. idea. I'm glad they did. They came to their senses. Where people can actually buy it. Okay, it is FAI Cup weekend. Uh, We will look ahead to the fixtures very soon. We'll also hear from former Galway United and Cork City player Mark Herrick on a special event in Galway this Saturday. And it's to benefit a very brave young guy. And I appreciate that term is a bit cliched. It's a bit... um, What's the word I'm looking for? I think cliché is a fair enough Yeah, cliché, yeah. But look, when you hear about the story, you will understand. We will come back to that. It's for a brilliant cause. It absolutely is. First, though, it is Dundalk, who, as we say, lost the leg year war. So they're away next week for the second leg. They're 2-0 down, heading into the Polish Army Stadium. That's quite the intimidating name, isn't it? Uh, St. Pat's did all right two two years ago. I think it was only a one-all draw. So maybe it's not that intimidating. That's why you're here, Dan. I only remember what I saw last night. You remember stuff from years back. You hold on to it and you allow it to drive you. You're like a typical a League of Ireland man. You hang on to that bitterness. Uh, okay, we're going to hear from um, Gary Rogers, the Dundalk goalkeeper. We're going to get the analysis of Stewie Byrne. We're also going to hear from former Dundalk captain John Murphy. He was the captain in 63 when they won the league. He's uh, the commentator now with Dundalk FM. Uh, first, though, it is the thoughts of uh, Stephen O'Donnell. And I asked him if, despite the fact that they lost... He was kind of proud because I think it's fair to say, Dan, they actually played well for large parts of the game. They were brilliant in the game, they really were. Quite, Dan, we want to hear from Stephen O'Donnell. I suppose you'd be proud in a way, tried to pass the ball, uh, played in the right way, people making angles, trying to get on the ball, a little intricate pass, and uh, and obviously very disappointed to concede the second goal, especially in the 94-minute last kick of the game. Makes life difficult, but by no, no means is a tie over, you know. It does make life more difficult, but if we get the first goal over there next week, you never know what will happen. Is fatigue a bit of an issue? Because the times in the last couple of weeks, you have looked a bit tired in the last two games against Galway and Bray, and even at times maybe in the second half tonight. Look, it's a massive pitch. You could flip the, you could say that, you could say that, but they, we were doing the pressing in the last 15 minutes tonight, you know, so no, fatigue's not an issue. We're a fit bunch, and that's what we pride ourselves on, so that won't be an issue. Best of luck next week. Cheers, thank Cheers, you. Man. Thank you Thanks. very much. Gary Rogers, Dundalk goalkeeper, 2 0 is harsh, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a it's a harsh result on us and, and the performance that we put in, I don't think um, you know it was warranted tonight and, and it is obviously disappointing but it's not an instrumental task. I think um, we're more than capable of scoring away from home and if we can get that first goal 
it'll certainly ask a lot of questions of them Is that the first message that was delivered as soon as you went in after the game look it's still alive we can still do this Yeah absolutely I think you know there's great belief in the dressing room we wouldn't get to this stage if there wasn't there and you know we went to Iceland and we scored two goals away from home as well so look we know that you know we're well equipped we've got goals all over the team and you see by the way we played today that lads are not afraid to play football um, I think players really stood up and showed you know the, the talent that they have and you know, how comfortable they were in possession especially look, we were probably more comfortable in the first half and I think you know we'll go away from home and we'll show that same you know desire and hunger again and I think if we can get that first goal it, it'll really um, really ask a lot of questions then yeah, anyone who is worried about Dundalk playing at the Dublin Stadium as we have to call it for uh, these matches shouldn't worry because it actually suited you I was saying it even today that Dundalk have a lot of good wide players and of good width and at times you use that width yeah absolutely I think um, you know the style of football that we do play we like to get it down and play and get obviously the wide players are excellent and we've got very talented players all over the pitch and you know technically good players so like obviously the big spaces are going to suit suit our lads and um, you know lads look forward to playing this this arena like it's it's where you want to play football and um, I think lads went out there and, and performed and tried to enjoy the occasion we obviously didn't enjoy the result um, but it is what it is and we have to pick ourselves up and move on and, and get ready for next week Was the penalty harsh? Very um, it looked like um, and he died that and he blocked it with his trailing arm so he's not looking at it um, so he hits him on his back arm and the uh, ball's going wide there was plenty of cover there as well so look it, it, it's a disappointing one it, lads would be it's a dubious enough penalty and um, look if we was given a get, if we got it we wouldn't be complaining but look we're on the we're on the tail end of that decision today and we have to deal with it and move on obviously being the goalkeeper for a lot of the time you're kind of observing the game rather than being in it while all the time being concentrated what was the difference between Legia and with say any of the teams you've met so far or was there much of a difference because everyone was talking them up coming into this game and that you know it was another step up for Dundalk yeah look it is like I think you know between Bate and Legia there's probably not a massive difference in quality I think you know the way Legia and Bate we got a, a bit of a chase in, but I think you know we've learned from that and we've probably benefited from playing them twice this year a team of that quality and we showed again today that yeah. we're able to raise a game and play against good quality opposition and um, look, we'll have to do the same on Tuesday night but we won't have any fear and uh, we're really going and try and get a positive result out there. Off the ball, regular Stewie Byrne. You watched the game alongside David McIntyre. You were on commentary. Legio Warsaw winning it 2-0. Is that harsh on Dundalk? I think so, yeah. And I mean, uh, there's no denying that second half especially. Uh, Legia upped their game. Um, started to find little spaces in that Dundalk midfield that probably weren't there in the first half. Um, the goal, the penalty uh, especially... It was quite surprising because um, I, I felt Dundalk had dealt really, really well with, 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 with Leggy first half, especially that midfield three. Um, they probably got caught a little bit napping for the goal, and well, especially in the lead-up to the goal. And ultimately, it, it's, it's very unfortunate on Andy, Andy Boyle to be um, caught for a penalty that kind of comes off the back of your elbow and there was no intention. His, his hand wasn't up high, nothing like that. His back was turned to it, his yeah, head was turned to it. It was just really unfortunate. You know, it was just one of them, them unfortunate events. Not deliberate, but you know, you got to give a penalty. Um, and then after that, you could see it just it had a big effect on on, on, on the mentality of the players. They look tired, um, something that I haven't seen in them um, in this European campaign so far. Um, but certainly, I didn't see them conceding after that. I really, really didn't. Um, and it's just you know just a really, really piece of bad luck that they got caught in the last the last ten or fifteen seconds of the game. Um, something that doesn't normally happen. But then Legia made a couple of changes, brought on a little bit of quality, and um, it was a Pirovich. Took the call really well. 
was that the difference that bit of quality you could actually see it especially in that second goal which was very harsh on Dundalk maybe a 1-0 scoreline would have been a fairer reflection on the game or even 0-0 yeah I'd pr- look I, I, I wouldn't you know I wouldn't look at the second goal too much um, I thought that was just just caught Dundalk and happened you know at, at, at the very very end of, end of the game I mean when you look at the game as a whole I genuinely mean this I didn't see much um, of a difference in terms of quality I really really didn't I thought Patrick McElhenney was probably the best, was one of the best players on the pitch on the night um, I'm probably a little bit biased but I thought he stood out head and shoulders um, above anybody else I mean at times in the first half Horgan was very well showed potential, potential flashes of what he can do but I think the second half for Horgan especially um, was nullified by the fact that the, uh, the Legia fullback Brosh looked to me like he was told at half time to get himself on and he really really looked to penetrate in behind um, um, that Dundalk back forward he was making runs up and down all the time and it just pegged Daryl Horgan back and because of that they were really unable to kind of get him into the game as much as they would have hoped to have done um, and certainly as much as, as, as they would have done in, in previous games I mean, look, look at the, the Bate game especially McElhenney Horgan you know two real game players of, of real quality and look no matter what Stephen did tonight he made a couple of changes he brought on Rowan and Finn to be fair to him, he, he, he looked to get the goal back. They, they, they knew they had to score at least one. They tried it, but just just, just didn't work out for them. You know, um, it was unfortunate. Um, they're a good side, Legia, but I think the, the second goal is a real killer. Machine. Um, you know, the, I, the game plan obviously at one 0 the game plan would be to go there and just get the first goal and see what happens. But um, it's a real uphill task for them now. But they shouldn't be ashamed of themselves. They should lift their heads up high. You know, they've got an awful lot to play for now. The Docker a second leg team as we've seen this run so far. <laughs> yeah, they've been a second leg team off the basis of a good first leg, um, and you know I think it, um, they've done exceptionally well in the second legs when they've when they've when they've when there's only been a goal in the difference, um, and of course um, that's been a home as well. Um, they've got to go play away now. They're, 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 they're two goals down, two away goals. Um, I think that will play hugely on their psyche on their mentality and no matter how hard you try to tell yourself no matter how positive you try to be about these kind of things and I've no doubt that players when they do get interviewed after the games they'll try and put a positive spin on it um, that's just the situation that they find themselves in but um, you know, really it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very very difficult task now they've lost their last two in the league now it's three losses in a row granted tonight against an exceptional side is there, is it? I won't say are the wheels beginning to fall off, but is there a negativity around? Is there a worrying trend? Am I being way over the top? Yeah, no. Because I need clicks on the yeah. podcast, and I need a sensational headline from you, basically. All right, no, they won't look like that. No, but not at all. That time. won't get us. No, it, no. Um, I mean, I think they, um, they, they will have looked at these as uh, uh, the league and this, this European run has been two completely different things. Yeah. Um, you know they weren't expected to get to this stage um, they know that but they've got enough confidence in their ability to, to, to suggest that they can do that um, and I think they've they've, uh, they've held our, you know they've held Ireland in really good stead they've been very professional about their job um, and you know we're all very very proud of them and you know we wish them uh, the very best in the, in, the, in the second leg but of course you've got the Europa League to look forward to um, and depending on I don't want to start talking about the Europa League already because it's probably been a little bit disrespectful but um, I think they just need to look at um, next week game, next week's game um, and at the very least try and go and win it you know just try and go and win the game because um, that may not be enough for them to qualify but what it will do is that it'll be um, it'll be of huge benefit for them uh, going into the Europa League if, that, if that's where they do end up going
Cork City are doing them a bit of a favour at the moment by going on a bad run. They are, yeah. I've been, I've been, I mean, you know, I, I, it's, I don't want to be too critical of Cork, but uh, I think they've really, I think they've really missed an opportunity now. I think this this has been their chance to really make a move, and they failed to do that. Um, I can understand that they've had a, a, a European run of them uh, of their own, but. Um, you know they are really the team that um, can put up to Dundalk, and they've they've, they've got a, a very very small window now to kind of go and make a difference. And they've got to they've got to take it by the scruff of the neck. They've got to go win their next uh, four or five league games. That's something they've actually done done in the past. They've done it before the break. They're well capable of going on a seven or eight nine game run. So they, they need to probably do that again. Just here, thank you. John Murphy, former Dundalk captain. We spoke after the uh, Bate game in Tala. Yeah. We felt better then than we do right now here at the Dublin Stadium, not, I quote, yeah, I repeat, yeah, we not call the, it the other thing exactly, for the yeah. nail anyway. Uh, what do you think? 2-0, they yeah. lost uh, I think it was a very false, false score, to be honest with you. I thought Dundalk were brilliant up to the 69th minute or whatever they, they scored. Uh, the penalty kick itself, I saw seen it back a couple of times and very, very harsh. How Andy Boyle would be expected to get his hand out of the way, I don't know. He was brave enough to get it, try and get his body in between the shot and the goalkeeper, and that's what he done. But unfortunately, the referee seen it the opposite way. And I think uh, Dundalk lost a heart, and you could see the heads come down. And uh, unfortunately, uh, to just uh, give a silly goal like when you are tired, like with no incentive really to keep going, like uh, uh, as Dundalk felt after the penalty, I suppose, that the second goal then was a, a real killer. That second goal is really frustrating as well because it came from an uncharacteristic error. Dundalk generally don't do silly things like that. that that's it. And it's, it's all about concentration right up to the last minute. You know, against these teams, you make the mistake and they punish you. And I think that's usually the difference between uh, the Champion League teams that plays in the regular and the ordinary team like Dundalk that gets in every sort of two and three years. Like, you know, yeah. and uh, but when you look at the football that was played, I thought Dundalk played the better football the first half to dominate us really yeah. and uh, okay half chances missed but uh, you, you had to say that if anyone came into the pitch to say who was the League of Ireland club you'd go for League of Warsaw in my eyes anyway well, we've spoken to Stewie Byrne he says he's not worried that Dundalk have now lost three games in a row no you're on the inside you see them every week are you yeah. worried has something changed in their demeanour even though they played well tonight yeah, and they yeah. played well for large patches against Bray no, I, it's, I, it's a bit of a worry isn't it it's a bit of a worry look when you're always losing you lose, the one thing you worry about is losing your confidence you don't run out with a, a spring in your step you run out very uh, you know with a head down that way but I, I think the dog will, will pick it up but it's going to be hard because they're going to be playing three games a week yeah. you know and it's going to be very very hard and I would say that the, the, the hardest thing to accept will be if we get injuries yeah. because uh, you have a problem then altogether and playing three games a week well that's a, 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 an advertisement for injuries isn't it this is the SSE Electricity League podcast on News Talk I'm Oshin Langan and this is Daniel Kelly uh, Richie McCormack is still in Rio not much happening over there no, it's quite enough uh, I think Ireland only had three athletes in action on Wednesday so he had a pretty quiet day and I think today it's only Thomas Barr so sure what else is happening over there yeah if you're listening to this after four o'clock let's hope we're celebrating a magnificent win for Waterford's Thomas Barr I thought he was from Kilkenny you shut your mouth <laughs> uh, Dundalk last night they were I won't say they were unlucky but they did play well for large parts of the game you the second, were second goal killed them absolutely yeah. and they looked very very tired and I put that point to Stephen O'Donnell and to Gary Rogers and to a few others and they said look we're, n- we're not tired we're not feeling tired but they're always going to say that as players John Murphy and Stewie Byrne talked about it in their pieces 
and I think that's a, a, an accurate assessment of it. Um, you were at Stephen Kenny's press conference. I was. I decided to take the lazy way out after you decided to do some journalism, proper journalism in the mix zone, speaking to the players. I went to Kenny's press conference and the thing that I took from it most was his disappointment from the first goal. Let little, Very little was said about the second goal, which came with basically the last kick in the game, yeah. which more than likely has put Dundalk Stewie said in there that he kind of had to give a penalty to the referee, but I wouldn't agree. uh, Boyle, uh, you've seen it from the referee's perspective. Rodgers was out of goal. Boyle, only for the fact he wasn't last man and didn't didn't put his hand out Louis Suarez style in the semi-final of the 2010 World Cup. He could have easily been sent off. I thought the penalty was fair enough. uh, You could see why Kenny would complain with it. But uh, Dennis Eichen, the German referee, was certainly the man at Kenny's eye in the press conference. Uh, he called it a pretty scandalous decision. And one thing which Kenny said, which surprised me in a way, he put it in context of how big this game was, not for Dundalk, but for Irish club football in general. And he seemed to be very disappointed that in a match that was of such significance to the league around, that a decision which he was not happy with at all. Uh, could have been uh, the key to the game because before that in the first half especially Dundalk were excellent I think it's fair to say they were the better team in it uh, when Leggio scored 10 minutes into the second half then they got on top and uh, maybe for a 5 or 10 minute spell almost before the end of the game Leggio were by far the better team in the second half and Dundalk were probably holding on, uh, holding on at times but as I said until the Warsaw goal Dundalk were the better team I think that's fair to say do they have any chance no. away that second goal killed it. Yeah, second goal. And there was a sense of that in the crowd when it yeah. went in and even among the journalists and the, the, the fans that I was sitting quite close to, everyone mm-hmm. thought, ah, that's it. Because yeah. at 1-0, they had a chance because they're quite a good second leg team. At 2-0, no chance. I think with uh, with the the first goal, everyone knew going into this game, Dundalk were underdogs. And yeah. if if both teams played to the best of their capabilities over two legs, Leggy should have gone through. With Dundalk, it had there would have been a sense of excitement ahead yeah. of next week. The, an early goal for them, anything could have happened. They need two goals at least, and more than likely three goals to have any chance of getting through. And Kenny did admit in the press conference that was a it was a tough chance. What struck me about Brizovic, the guy who scored the second goal, is number ninety nine. Like yeah. We a, were joking. A striker, you could say. Yeah, uh, Phil Egan of Today FM Sport. Oh god. Phil Egan of Today FM Sport yes. and I were talking about that as he came on I was like what is he an ice cream yeah. and it kind of reminded me of what I was saying about uh, Henrik Larsson when he came on against Arsenal in the Champions League final I was like oh look at this lad thought he was great at Celtic sure I'd look good at Celtic yeah. Henrik Larsson completely changes the game yes. and Barcelona go on and win the Champions League in the same way this lad did it last night and he looks freakishly like Zlatan Ibrahimovic and has some of his traits as well it's almost as if he's kind of modelled on him I think a lot of players try and do that now. Yeah, but a lot of players try, but he actually has done it. Yeah, but there's no offence to the quality of the, of the opposition, but there is a difference in standards between Dundalk chasing a goal in added time yeah. and some of the teams that Zlatan would have played against. Quite frankly, I'm really tired of your sledging and slagging and downgrading of Alexander Prizovic, the Polish lad, the, the striker, whoever he is. Yeah. He might not necessarily be Polish. Prizovic. Plays for the Polish Prizovic. team. Fair play to Dave McIntyre. He does pronunciations down. To tea, but then again, that is Dave. He does his, he, he uh, does his research. Oh, it's kind of a dig at me, isn't it? Not at all. You do No, we're League of Ireland people. So when you say something nice about someone else, I presume it to be a it's dig, a dig at, at, at you. That's awesome. a real League of Ireland It thing. is the League of Ireland way. Okay, look, um, jokes aside, obviously the League of Ireland is a competitive place, but it's also a community. Footballing people are part of a community. Look. Mark Herrick, formerly of Cork City and Galway United, has joined us on the SSE Tricity League podcast here on News Talk to talk to us about what the community are doing in Galway 
on Saturday night. It's it's called a night for Alex the event. It's a it's, Mark. I think I'll actually let you tell the story from here. And you know why you're doing, what's it about, and who it's for. Um, yeah, thanks for having me guys on the radio today. Um, basically, uh, Alex Lee is a young lad from from Galway who former League of Ireland player of Mervy United, and um, sadly last last March he was playing a, a soccer match and. Um, he was unfortunate to break his leg, and um, due to complications, several weeks later, he actually had his leg amputated. Um, so basically, the, the community of Galway have got behind a project to um, have a night for Alex this coming Saturday night, and just to help him, you know, in, in any way that we can to, to overcome some of these huge challenges that he faces. It's a tough time for Alex, I imagine, but I imagine that the rallying around and the work that's being done is, is picking him up a bit. Well, it's 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 uh, the people in, in Galway have been remarkable with uh, getting behind the project um, in Mervy United, and not only that, uh, Salt, um, in Salt Hill and in Renmore, and everyone is trying to get behind the, the whole project. Um, so it's kind of a, a cross community project um, because of just the, the heart wrenching story that, that that it is. Does it help in a situation like this where? Uh where Alex is actually from Galway that you've mentioned there Salt Hill Merville have all, uh, Salt Hill and Mervy have come together that football in Galway is such a is such a community sport with so many clubs all around the city that they can all come together at a time of need for for a situation like this well I think the sporting community and I've just mentioned a couple of clubs I mean it goes to, to the, the hurling the Gaelic football and uh, you know basically you know every part of Galway has been has been touched by the story and uh, in different in the, in the workplace people outside of sport so with that, it just really does kind of, um, you know, just show that the, the good nature of people behind um, something something like this. And so, uh, although I've mentioned some, but, you know, it, everyone has been involved in this, uh, his family and close friends and, and going wider field there. And even now, with the likes of yourselves, even coming on the radio today, knowing that there's a, there's a national kind of interest in, in something like this. And, and hopefully, you know, there might be a, a national contribution. And even the Cork lads are getting involved. It was Neil Horgan, your ex-Cork City teammate, who told me about this. Alex, I'm led to believe, is quite a shy guy. I don't have the pleasure of knowing him. Uh, so I've no doubt he would never say nice things about himself, Mark. But you can. Well, no, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a lovely lad. My lad is he's 27 years of age, um, a school teacher in Galway. Um, well, she, he would kind of shy away from, from, from attention, even though... Um, only yesterday, Pat Lamb, the, the, the comic manager, had asked him just to come in and, and, and speak briefly to the, to the comic players. And, and, you know, it just, it just shows that um, where this, this story is reaching out to. And, and Alex is, is giving of himself in this way. And I think other people are, are benefiting from the way they, they see the example he's setting in, in such a traumatic time, you know. Could you describe him as a footballer? What was he like? He was um, extremely fast. Uh, he would play on the wing or up front. Um, when I got involved in, in Mervy United, when we joined the League of Ireland several years ago, uh, starting with the A-League with, with John Glynn, Alex was one of the first players we signed and uh, extremely fast and very dedicated lad and uh, was a great contribution to Mervy for those, for those years that they were active in the League of Ireland. He sounds like the kind of guy who, regardless of what has happened, regardless of this this massive negative thing that has happened to him, He's remained the combative, kind of um, competitive guy that a footballer has to be, that a high-level athlete has to be. And it just goes to show people don't change even if their circumstances do. Well, you know, I, I, I can't speak for Alex on this one, Oshin, to be honest with you. I just know, I mean, it's still so recent and there's, you know, it's been a, such a challenging time and will con- continue to be so. so but I, I just know that he... Um, 
currently I think a lot of people can can learn and see the example that he's setting as being um, so uh, so courageous. Give us a bit of detail. How can people get involved? How can people uh, make a contribution even if they can't get there? Yeah, well, I tell you, if they log on to, to, to Facebook, there's a, a night for Alex. If you look in the search on Facebook, a night for Alex. And uh, there's kind of auction details for the night itself where uh, there's t- uh, Manchester United, Manchester City derby tickets with the flight included for premium position. And, and that's only one of umpteen gifts on the night that are fantastically... Um, you know, uh, I'd say appealing. So there's one. And then the other one is, uh, if you log on to night for Alex at hotmail.com. And, um, you know, there are various ways of, of making some sort of contribution. People can come, come on the night. It's in the Clayton Hotel this Saturday night. And, um, you know, it's only a tenner in, but um, any, any acknowledgement, any contribution would be greatly appreciated by everyone involved. Um, I'm willing to put Daniel up for auction for a date. It might raise well, a few quid. Are you willing I, uh, to take him, Mark? Um, <laughs> as in not for the date I mean as in for the actual auction um, as appealing as that sounds we want to have a good night I, yeah, I think I think that's a very good answer oh, I think that's, I think that's very, no down, I've no issue it? with that I think I think that's the correct answer in this circumstance <laughs> yeah. Mark Herrick um, of formerly of Cork City and uh, Galway United but I think more importantly today as a, as a, a football and community man uh, from Galway thanks for joining us on the SSE Electricity League podcast here on News Talking you know what Given that you played for Cork City and uh, Galway United, we want to talk to you about your own career at some stage if you'd like to come back on with us. Yeah, by all means, uh, I, it'll probably be a, a briefer conversation in this, but, uh, but no, no problem. Thank uh, you. Downplaying yourself, a, a man of the match across a two-legged League of Ireland League Cup final. You don't, okay. you don't sound old enough to remember that now, Justin. I am old enough to Google. Mark Herrick, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Mark Herrick, formerly of Cork City and Galway United, thanks very much for joining us on the uh, SSD or Tristy Lee podcast on News Talk and telling us about a very special night. Uh, Daniel, we're talking about the community coming together to support one of their own on Saturday night. We saw that in a different way on Wednesday night, didn't we, at the Not Aviva Stadium? Yeah, uh, I was. I got off the dart at uh, the Lansdowne Road stop, which I'm surprised wasn't called the Dublin Arena stop for the night, but that's for another day. And even seeing the fans coming in, I saw plenty of Bohemian Scarf, Shamrock Rovers, Wexford Utes, Cork City, Finn Harps. They're just five of the clubs off the top of my head that I saw. And there was over 30,000 at the game. Now, this was probably the biggest game in Irish club football since Shelburne's game against Deportivo now just over a decade ago I think there was only 24,000 at that so I think Dundalk need to be praised we mentioned it at the end of last week's podcast how reasonable the prices were for families yeah. uh, plenty of it I think it was only a fiver for all children no matter where they sat in the stadium the crowd came out they supported them uh, and there would have been more only for the rain yeah and if they opened the middle section absolutely but that's for another day 30,000 at the Aviva at the Not Aviva during the 30,417 according to UEFA at the end of the match Wow. Well, look, hopefully some of those people will stay on board and they'll yeah. keep going to games. And we know that Dundalk are going to invest in their stadium. Um, no matter what happens from here, their facilities will improve. That's yeah. what the club have been talking about. And I thought it was Griffin Dundalk at the end of the game, as soon as uh, the game was over. Straight away, the man on the public announcement system, Dundalk's next away game, is against uh, Wexford and their next home game, who I actually can't remember who he said it was against. But straight away, he had the fixtures that if people were impressed by what they saw, and they should have been because Dundalk put on a great performance, that there is more to them than just these one-off games in the Aviva. He's my second favourite PA man in the league because at the game in Tala he sent a good luck message to Cork City. Do you know who my favourite PA man is? The man at Cork City? The man formerly at Cork City. Ooh. He was ahead of his time. Was he, yeah. He was ahead of his time. And his name was me. <laughs> uh, the fixtures this weekend on Friday night at St. Pat's against Limerick, Wexford Hughes against Sligo, Bowles against Derry and at Lone Town up against Shamrock Rovers. It is obviously 
FAI, I want to say Ford Cup or what cup is it? Uh, the Irish Daily Mail. Irish Daily Mail. It is, of course, Irish Daily Mail. <laughs> FAI. FAI Ford Cup Week. No, it is, of course, Irish Daily Mail, <laughs> FAI Cup Weekend. I'm not even going to be arsed to edit that, actually. And if Richie was here, he would, and that's the difference. We're getting complacent yeah. in his absence. Uh, on Saturday, Ring Matten Rangers take on Cove Ramblers. UCD are up against Janesborough, and Longford take on Cork. On Tuesday, it is Crumlin against Dundalk. How are Sligo going to get on against Wexford? Uh, I was... Sorry, that's not Tuesday. No, Tuesday the 30th, sorry. Yeah, yeah. it's at the end of the month. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm worried about with Sligo Rovers is that they had a very comfortable win over Wexford two weeks ago in uh, Ferry Carrick Park. Uh, it was Rovers' biggest win of the season. With things like that, Wexford now will have something to play for. Uh, they feel like they'll have to put one over on Rovers. But then again, Sports Wexford, Psychology 101 is what you're saying. Exactly. Uh, but Wexford may feel they want to focus on the league because they've been struggling lately. I think from a Sligo Rovers perspective, despite the good league form, apart from the loss to Bohemians on Monday night, that this is probably their best chance of getting European football next season. So Cork, I'm, I'm hopeful. Pensive yet hopeful. You're always hopeful. Cork City have been faltering in the league of late. They have. And it all started again thanks to Sligo Rovers after that 1-0 loss in uh, Turner's Cross basically this is probably the fortnight where Cork have lost the league and I know we're still in August but Dundalk uh, but could Dundalk's European adventure cost them domestically it could do but I don't think it will I they think probably need to bring in players don't they they do need is to Rowan bring in Ricketts players. still available I, I remember have... the bang up job he did for Rovers <laughs> Shamrock Rovers Rowan Ricketts is always available uh, the Dundalk will need to bring in players but I think Kenny is also smart enough to know that if after three or four games in the Europa League that they have no I'm being very presumptive here in the Champions League or the Europa League that if they have no chance of qualifying that he will put his focus back onto the league I think now the league and the European competition are the focus the FEI Cup I think is further down the line albeit they should win their uh, fourth round game against Crumlin Okay, Richie is away in Rio. He will be back in a couple of weeks. As I say, he's not up too much over there. There is no, nothing to do for quiet him. Quiet enough. As I said, only three athletes yesterday and maybe a third medal today for round. But apart from that, it's all quiet. Today being Thursday, um, so much has happened in Rio, jokes aside. Who knows what position Richie will be in by the time he comes back and who knows... Who knows what will depending have happened on when in Rio you, exactly, by the time you yeah. hear this. So depending on when you're listening, let's cover our bases. Congratulations to Richie on being made the new OCI president. Yes. I'm glad all that Pat Hickey nonsense has been cleared up. Yes. Pat Hickey, president of Brazil. I did not see that coming. <laughs> and also congrats to gold, silver or bronze medalist Thomas Barr. <laughs> well done. I'm glad you put him in the medals. Okay, as always, if we didn't mention your club this week, it's because we don't rate you. That's simple. No, Richie would say you are minerals. If Richie was here. I'm, I'm not saying you I'm have to... I'm not Richie. You have to get up. You just have to deal with the fact that I'm not Richie. Richie's in Brazil. He's the far side of the world. He's not here. You have to deal with me. I just want you to say you're minnows you're minnows we don't rate you yeah, you're right you're not Richie ok you can get me on at Oshin Lang and you can get him on it's Misha Daniel uh, best of luck to Dundalk next week genuinely I believe they can do it leg we're lucky hopefully some of that luck will come I'm going to say our way because we're all supporting Dundalk except for last week when I was in Bray and I was delighted Bray beat them as a Cork City fan it was a weird kind of feeling journalistic impartiality Oshin it was great fun being in the crowd actually there ok we'll catch you next week take care good luck bye